United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to United States of Lead, a podcast about the history of lead poisoning. I am your host, Andrea Elizabeth, and this week, Paul and I conclude our interview with Caitlin Sontag, a mother from Chicago whose two sons were poisoned by lead. Check out part one of our interview with Caitlin in last week's episode. Also, don't forget to check out the sources in the episode description from last week and this week's episode for more information on Caitlin and Marshall's mission to advocate for lead poisoning awareness. But for now, let's get back to the interview. Mark, who we interviewed, he let us know about someone who has created geotextiles. Our understanding was this, like, not eradication, but I would say removal, like a, a, an a overhaul, yeah, overhaul of how we of our relationship with lead. You know, he's a scientist, and he presented a pretty convincing, sober argument of you can't get rid of it. You just can't get rid of it. But he basically said, you got to, what was it? It was map, map it, it cap it. And cap it. Yep. You got to map it. You got to know where it is. And that's like Everywhere. public knowledge. Mm-hmm. We all know what's going on with this. And then Andrew was saying there's a geotextile. And you just need about 10 centimeters of soil on top of that, just so that there's this barrier. But if you map it, then you know, if you break into it, then, oh, well, we're going to have to recap this like you would with. I don't know, a gas line. It's just mm-hmm. another, it would be another factor of civil maintenance. Mm-hmm. That makes it sound so simple. I mean, it, like you're saying, it would cost a lot of money. And I don't mind saying this, we need to get someone hungry for this industry. So yeah. it'd be like, yeah. it's essentially, we need to capitalize it. you'd be a glorified, heroic landscaper. And I think we have at least, at least a dozen people in this country that know how to landscape. So Three or four. <laughs> there are literally dozens of people. I think we can we can do it. It's just it, there's so many levels to it. You know, it's yeah. in soil, it's in paint, it's in jewelry, makeup, candy, it's stainless steel cups that kids drink out of. It's everywhere. It's and everywhere. If you go into, you know, if it's in our homes, it's in our schools. If it's in our <laughs> schools, it's in our prisons. 
it's just a whole thing that I can't even begin to get into. You know, we send people to prison to be rehabilitated and they're being poisoned. It's yeah, it's the revolving door. And that's one of the biggest, I think Loyola University, like one of the, the whole repeat offender likelihood when you have been poisoned is dramatically increased. Where would your change be if you had to start? Like regulatory, I, I, uh, like politicians, TV shows, like where would be the the first big impact you would? I think it starts with awareness. Okay. Try not to go down the rabbit hole of shoulda, coulda, woulda, had I known. But I mean, had I known the risks, you know, even the people who do know, you know, well, don't eat paint chips. Okay. But what happens if we do? Mm-hmm. What happens? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I don't think people are fully aware of what, this isn't just, oh, well, that person's crazy or acting, you know, out of character. Yeah, they don't have empathy or whatever is the cliche of boomers. Yeah. No, and and I'm the person that, let me hear that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And I have literally turned around at the grocery store and said, hey, do you have any idea what that means? Do you have any idea what you're saying? Because he ate lead paint chips. How does he look? Mm -hmm. It starts with awareness. People need to understand how this is happening, you know, let's go into all those other ways. Are you aware of where you're getting your cups, where you're getting your jewelry? You know, you buy things off Sheen or Wish. Amazon. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and there's all these ways that. I know what you're saying about Wish. I bought some things and I've just looked at like the package and I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) Things that are literal. There's the the caution there. This may cause cancer. Yeah. 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 (laughs) See, and that's what we do. That's, that's the idea of awareness is that prop 65. That's okay. It's on, you know, and that's where, you know, we always bring this up is we're the child in society and government and corporations are the parents and they're failing. That shouldn't even be an option for us to purchase these things. Exactly. But they're cheaper. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotta go that route. Doesn't oh. matter if we're poisoning you in the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was seven years ago. If you could give like a little day in the life journey from then to now, just so people can have an understanding of what this is like for your experience and your children's experience. Up until I would say two years ago, which is a really hard timeline to put on because what was happening in the world two years yeah. ago that affected everyone. Yeah. But that's when we really started noticing in his defense, you know, he did go from half day kindergarten to a full day of sitting in front of the computer e-learning. That alone was a huge adjustment. But I remember at that time sitting there and looking at all the other little kids on the screen. I mean, they didn't look thrilled, but they, they were there. And I would look at Marshall and he was hiding under the couch. He was standing on his head. He was doing mm. cartwheels. He was doing flips. And I just remember being like, why can't he just sit like the other kids? Why is this so much harder for him? Mm-hmm. And it just snowballed from there. You know, when they went back to school, he couldn't stay in the classroom. If there was something going on, he would just get overwhelmed and he runs. He's fight or flight. And that has put him into some very dangerous situations. He has almost run in front of cars. He has run out of his school and across the parking lot before someone gets to him. It has been a huge adjustment trying to figure out how to support him in the best way possible. Fighting to get his IEP because Mm -hmm. even in the medical field, people don't understand lead poisoning. They don't yep. get it. You know, I will take him and say, we're here to follow up because he he had lead poisoning and his doctors will stare at me. What do you want us to do? 
help us. I want you to help us. I want you to listen. Yeah. You know, we've taken him to a neurologist and the neurologist has stated this isn't a brain issue. How is it that something that affects the brain's development is not a brain issue? What do they say? Take him to the pediatrician. That, oh my what God. are they doing? They don't even have an argument about like why it's not. It's just, they're just passing you along. Or even a referral to somebody who does know. We live in Chicago. The waiting list is, he's on, he's been on, I, I can't, I don't even know how many, to be honest. Yeah. I don't even know. And we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait. What has to happen for this kid to get some attention because he's struggling Mm -hmm. and nobody's listening. He now has a one-on-one aid at school uh, when he returns to school because he is participating in a partial hospitalization program. We're desperately trying to support his ADHD and he Mm -hmm. also has a mood dysregulation disorder trying to figure out what is working for him and what isn't working for him. Because at this point, we really don't know. He's from zero to 100, not even 10. He goes from zero to 100 at the drop of a hat. And we just don't understand why. I just, I'm still baffled by a neurologist. Who is in shock. The base understanding of this is that it rewires your brain. I just- So to not- Autism. You see a neurologist, yes or no? Yeah, you do. What diagnosis does he need to have to get someone's attention? Can I ask you a brave question like that? If you have fetal alcohol syndrome, you're not necessarily going to get all of the supports within the school system as if you would have autism. You know where I'm going with this? So like, yes. hypothetically, is there a parallel diagnosis that gets more attention or more support? That's the thing is maybe if he had that autism diagnosis, he would get those supports. Mm -hmm. I'm not ever saying that I would wish that diagnosis. No, no, That's why I'm saying this is a brave question. And I'm sometimes I've called my doctor and said, like, can we reclass this visit as something else? Because then it's 80% cheaper. You know, that's, that's just the world we live in. Yeah. We had to fight and struggle to get any diagnosis you know finally we have so lead poisoning by itself was not the diagnosis no that's disgusting that's not a diagnosis oh and on all of his paperwork this absolutely infuriates me it states history of lead poisoning yeah there's no history this is our past present and future this mm-hmm. does not it's not in the past yeah away. oh god just because his levels are normal doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the damage wasn't done the damage but are may I ask what he's under three he's under three okay under three. my oldest son who lived in the home the entire time had a love level of less than two the entire time so it was not in our water yeah they were not poisoned by lead dust regardless that it obviously was present yeah god somehow my oldest son remain but he was the constant they checked him throughout yeah, yeah for sure well paul you brought up something and i think it's kind of connecting here it like with fetal alcohol syndrome and lead poisoning the, perhaps the medical community sees this as this is your fault you got to figure out how to deal with it absolutely you poisoned your kid because you yep. exposed them to this yep. you got to learn how to deal with it on your own that is the number one reaction Whereas other diagnosis, it's like, oh, this is 
something that's there outside of your control. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this caused a lot with my marriage to the boy's dad. And unfortunately we separated and that gets so much attention. Well, his parents are divorced. This isn't, his issues are not because we co-parent better living in two separate homes. This child was poisoned. How is it that you want to bring up my divorce rather than my child being poisoned 12 times a normal, which I hate saying normal, an acceptable. Acceptable. Yeah. Societally acceptable. Well, they don't even say tolerable. I think that's actually the appropriate. It's tolerable is what they consider the terminology because not nothing's safe in regards to that there's nothing that is safe and it's sickening that it's it's everywhere did you ever get your levels tested or did they ever suggest that you never I probably should have to be honest but I was in survival mode at that time like Mm -hmm. I could have set myself on fire if it would have prevented any what was happening at that time but no I we were never they never suggested Well, and I can tell you that it's not easy. I asked for one like a year after because I was like, oh, I just, I never thought to do that. And I had to jump through some hoops even to It's a finger prick. I don't understand. My kids have never had a finger prick. They've always done it. They've always drawn blood and it has. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time. And it's horrendous. It's every time we go to the doctor, they're both like. Because they're just assuming, yeah, that that's what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. And. It's, it is really sad. Marshall. I mean, he was, he was two. So I hope that he doesn't have any real memory of it, but we have mm-hmm. pictures. We talk about it that I don't know if you have this, that there are memories that I don't know if you actually have. It's just people have told you about it so often. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But he would say, you know, I, that's lead paint. I'm not going to touch it. I don't want to go back to the hospital. That was not fun. Mm. He was four years old saying this and he know he can detect like he can recognize the way that it chips he has actually asked should we put a letter on their door to tell them oh big heart heart. he chose this past year they had to pick a writing project and so it was encouraged that they pick something that they're interested in that they know a lot about so the kids were picking minecraft and Fortnite and blah 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 Marshall chose lead poisoning and he did his whole project on how you get lead poisoning and what happens when you get it. And, you know, just all of the different aspects of it. That was his choice at eight years old. Okay. I was just going to ask, cause I'm terrible at math. Okay. So he's eight. He just turned nine. He, or he just, just turned nine. Turned, okay. He just, just turned, turned nine. nine. He will be okay. very upset if I don't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. Mom, I'm not eight. <laughs> well, I think you just pointed on something that is important for this awareness that we do need people who not, you know, people just like us who are saying this is important to talk about or yeah, or a parent, but people who have actually been physically and mentally go through this, who have been poisoned. And I mean, at that age, that's amazing. He's a great kid. He really is. Anyone who spends 15 seconds with Marshall's like, he's so sweet. That is adorable. No, you have a binder. Yes. I actually now have two binders because carrying the one around, it was getting getting pretty heavy. Yeah. So I have everything from the 2015 county reports to the 2016 county reports, all of his medical documentation. Anytime we go to the doctor, that goes straight into the binder. Obviously, now that we've been working with his IEP, all of that information is in there. 
I also have all of the landlord information from the eviction process to our communication, pictures of the home, just pretty much anything that that you could ever imagine is in my binder. (laughs) Do you get pushback from medical professionals or anyone who's like, I want a copy of this? I want... No, not so far. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I have done pretty well at just getting everything as it comes in. But I am in the process of trying to go back and get the full, complete medical record from 2015 to 2018 or so. It's been a little more difficult than I would have hoped. We tend to get it on like a DVD and finding things that play DVDs anymore (laughs) can be really tricky. If you were going to give advice for a table of contents, like what are things that you have to make sure? Because it seems like this binder is a It's an important tool. It's a source of empowerment for Mm -hmm. yourself, a source of empowerment to share your story with holster. It's concrete evidence. It's absolutely. Absolutely. You brought the receipts. Yes, that's what it is. You you, (laughs) you brought the receipts. So I really have been toying with the idea of digitalizing it because they're heavy. It's heavy. Marshall's IEP alone is over a hundred pages, but I have it divided up into a medical binder Mm -hmm. and then more school education. So I've got like our story. So that has, you know, all of the news articles printed out. Anything that I've written about our story is in there. I have a section of history. So I have used a lot of the resources that you guys have put up. So thank you very much. Keep them. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yes. Legal. So anything regarding the eviction or us Mm -hmm. moving forward with a lawsuit. The 2015 report, the 2016 report, his medical documents from 2016. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it it has definitely come in very, very, very handy because receipts are always good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I just, I mean, I'm imagining you work so much with the press and you're so, you're successful on social media, but I also just imagine if, if it was more digitalized, I, frankly, it just sounds like you're creating a storyboard. It seems like a really important tool that I didn't know about. Andrea, I feel like we've been let in on like this cool mom circle of really powerful people who like, I'm not yeah, in this thanks. circle. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, opening the curtain and absolutely us chat. I mean, when this happened, I said, Marshall will be the last kid to go through this. Wow. Unfortunately, yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah. And but that conviction is really, I can, you can feel Oh yeah. It. I am determined to make a change. You know, you did bring up a good point, Paul. This is circling back right to where we began with we need to make this trending. As simple as a a video of a child near a windowsill who grabs snow and eats it and then explaining what happened at like text over it of what happened or taking this and putting it into a format like that, maybe not even documentary, but more film like of, you know, you put people into this world and then, oh, my God, this is real. And then juxtaposed to with your actual child showing that this is reality and not just something you heard about in the 1950s. Right. That does I'm coming to terms with the notion that there may not be such a thing as big lead. And what I mean by that is when a bunch of lawyers got together and they took down tobacco companies and all of a sudden there's, you can't smoke in a restaurant now. That's weird now. It is bizarre. Yeah. Andrew and I were actually working at a bar when that happened and like, oh, it's going to change everything. It's going to ruin everything. And now I just can't imagine how we got through that. But there's no big lead. There's no evil pork that's eaten steak. Well, it was outlawed, don't you know? 
So <laughs> like how, so that strategy is not going to work here. Yeah. What is the strategy that's going to work? I fear that it's it happening to, you know, when it's personal. Sure. I, well, that actually, you brought up at the Chicago Senator Paul that we talked about on the Chicago lot. How it wasn't until his kid had elevated levels that he realized that something needed to be done about the pipes. And that's what initiated the, yes, I remember the pipe. But it was only because his child. And even then, it's like, how long is that going to take? Yeah. With this one person. What if Marshall didn't get poisoned? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever would. You know, Jackson was poisoned and it, this was brushed under the rug. This mm-hmm. was completely brushed under the rug. Yep. Had Marshall not been poisoned, which obviously I wish, but yeah. would I know about everything that I know now? I don't think I would. I think oh, we yeah. would have l- continued living our lives and I never would have thought twice about lead poisoning or lead paint or anything. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for me to sadly forget how high Jackson's levels were. You know, they're 30 compared to 60. So, I mean, yes, it wasn't as high as Marshall. 30 is still- Still astronomically high, high. yeah. Yeah. You know, by sharing our story, I have parents, most moms, but parents coming to me and saying, you know, my child's level was high. And I say, oh, how high is it? And they'll say six or nine. And it's so hard for me to remind myself that that is still high. Mm-hmm. That is high. It, no it, yeah. safe level. There's no safe level. The link between ADHD and I mean, has anybody ever said, well, has your child been exposed to lead? No. When they get this diagnosis. It's everywhere. I think almost everyone. Yeah, absolutely. In some, something. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question. How did you shift or evolve from rage and anger over how this happened to the activism that you're doing now? Obviously, yes, you still have anger and frustration, but you're able to actually speak about this in a manner that people can gravitate towards if Absolutely. Yeah, I do get angry. It's a hard thing to stay focused on what is truly important. And for a long time, we wanted that justice. We wanted somebody to be held responsible, someone to be accountable. Mm -hmm. And we talked to lawyer after lawyer after lawyer, and we got nowhere. And it was Mm -hmm. so discouraging. And so Mm -hmm. we finally have just accepted that it is about the change in the awareness and hopefully stopping this from continuing to happen. You know, hearing about Jedi had a lead level 16 points higher than Marshall is so hard to accept. It has been seven years and this is still happening. And these babies are not getting a lead level of four or five, mm-hmm. 76. Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, you bring up a point too, that even those lower levels are somehow normalized. Yeah, exactly. Yep. There was an NPR article of a child who they got the lead poisoning from their front door from like touching their front. They couldn't figure it out. And the other child didn't have it. And I went in the comments and I saw somebody say, well, my pediatrician said that everybody's blowing this out of proportion. Lead isn't a big deal. You'd need like at least 10 micrograms before you should even be concerned. You know, so there's like, there's people in the medical field that are misinforming people. That, that, of this. Like boils, that boils my blood. Yeah. It took a long time to accept that the issues that he's having are related to lead. There are so many other factors, you know, it it could be this, it could be that. Yeah. I have no doubt that his struggle is linked to lead. The fact that people just aren't paying attention, they don't hear it. Mm -hmm. It's hard. 
Yeah. We did just recently go to the lead clinic with Dr. Helen Benz. And this is where I would like to see some change as well. The lead clinic, it seems like is only there to get levels down, not to support long-term. Interesting. Okay. Where do we go for that long-term? So they're just focused on those numbers and not the actual ripple effect. Yep. What would a long-term clinic look like? What would you want? I wish I had a definition in my head. I'm not a doctor. That's the one thing I always say when I go in, you know, they look at me and they're like, well, what would you like us to do? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. Fix this. Fix it. Yeah. Yeah. You went to school for 12 years. You should know. To answer this question. Yeah. So (laughs) it's, it's so hard. Just support. Even if it's other parents who understand having another parent who gets it has meant the world to me, mm-hmm. knowing that somebody gets it, mm-hmm. you know, we can message each other and today is just not a good day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and just having yeah. that, it means a lot. I hope that everyone who's in the situation that we are in has that. And if they don't reach out because yeah, here we get it. <laughs> You know, we have things like memory care clinics where there's more, it's not just one kind of support in that it is neurological and, but it's also biological and then social. And so this is not impossible for us to do. We've done this stuff in the past. Um, I would love that. I just, we have to make a change because the thing that gets me is, you know, my youngest is nine, my oldest is 14 and not saying that I'm preparing to be a grandma tomorrow, but what if this happens to one of my grandkids? Mm-hmm. I would never forgive myself for not making the change and allowing this to continue to happen. It's up to us. Nobody else is doing it. I mean, yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think Tim was the one who told us about some groups online for families affected by lead. Facebook? Like- I think so. I think I'm on every single one. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say, like, as far as those groups, like, I mean, how big are these groups that you have found? I mean, is it surprising how many people are in there? Or do you think that more people just don't know? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know about it. And, you know, you'll have one group over here with 500 people and one group over here with 300 people. If we could gather all of those people together. Yeah, one solid. mm -hmm. There's just no awareness about it. People might have it and not know it. They might. Exactly. And somebody could have had it as a child, right? never known, and now be struggling as an adult and not know right. why. Yep. And I wonder if there's a, I have no idea, if there's a way that you can find that out. You know, all of these people who have grown up in these homes that poisoned them and now they've moved away. So yeah. Normal. Can we tell if they were poisoned at one time? I don't think so. Or what, like the duration, how long that duration was at a certain level. And this is information we don't have because we don't, like you said, we just don't address it. Yeah. Oh, your level's down past or below five. Okay. Peace out. Yeah. And that's something that we think about a lot with Jackson because his levels weren't, you know, yes, they were 29, but I wonder if they were higher Mm -hmm. before he was tested. Oh yeah. Well, Mark mentioned the seasonality of levels, you know, so in the summer, a person's levels are higher because the, especially children. Yeah. For children, because of the soil, the dust, and you're breathing it in and you have it outside, you're going outside. And then in the winter, it tends to, everything's buried. And so it's not as prevalent. So your levels can actually 
if you get tested in the winter and you live in a place where the ground is frozen, it can actually show up not as high as it actually is. Both of my boys were tested in the cold. It was February and then again in April. Yeah, I was pretty chilling to hear about that. And that we don't know about it. And that his that experiment is just so unique. He's a really smart guy and he's on the map for a lot of reasons. But it sounded like that was an important piece of his work. And that it's not being replicated, the seasonality studies. But you you brought up too, like with adults, because, and Paul, you mentioned with memory care, Alzheimer's and dementia, and the fact that, you know, that's been on the rise, high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, heart attack, all of these things are on the rise. It's shown that they're linked to lead, but we're not talking about lead. Well, it was outlawed. We've taken care of the problem. (laughs) It's still an ammunition though. So I call shenanigans because it's still an... 90% 90% of the ammunition people. Use. I, I, I wish I had a penny for how many people have said that. But, but I thought lead was a leak. I thought, I thought, yeah. I, thought it was, I thought so too. You're bringing it back to the point that it is. that yeah. It's not that the majority of people are aware that this is an issue and that it needs to be addressed. They just don't think it's around. Yeah. I mean, I so don't, like don't I need said, to care. So no, why need- should, yeah. Or if it is, oh, it's just that, you know, dilapidated house, you know, in the inner city. And which, again, why should that matter whether or not you address the issue? Thank you. But that's <laughs> like, well, you so know, even those people, people, though, yeah, they deserve right. it, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what they get for being poor. For being poor. You didn't want to be a poor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wish I uh, not be poor anymore. That would be great. Yeah. And it, it just, it's very sad that schools aren't equipped. That's a whole nother thing that we could yeah. do. Yep. His school just isn't equipped for this. The choices are for him to go to an alternative school. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not what's in his best interest. So it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. Well, I'm hoping, I mean, I, I love too that it sounds like he's advocating at such a young age. And I hope to see more of that. You know, for all we know, Marshall could really be a turning point in this as someone who not only went through this as a child, but can speak from their personal journey through this. And yeah, thank you for doing everything that you're doing to not let the anger and frustration consume you, but to transfer that into getting attention for this issue that everybody needs to know about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something has to happen, you know, when these houses are being sold. Something's got to give here. Yeah. And when Paul and I brought up uh, with the landscape, like if, you know, the map it and cap it, it, we map it, we, you know, you can't buy or sell something unless this is taken care of, like full stop. You know what I mean? Like there's insurance to fix your roof or your windows for storm damage. Why do we not have that for lead? A flood or a Mm -hmm. fire. Right. We don't have it for lead. Exactly. That that is what happened with cigarettes is uh, the holdouts for stopping people from smoking inside happened through insurance companies. They were just like, we're just not going to insure your building if you have people smoking in here now. And uh, I'm just wondering, like, how do we get insurance companies to like, well, we can't finance this home unless you map it and cap it, you know, like, and then, and then like, we need everyone's lead levels to go down in this area so that there's mm-hmm. less this, less this. We pay less. I don't know how to get that started. You know, obviously everything revolves around money. We all know yeah. that. Yes, yeah. And what infuriates me is when all of this happened and I went to the children's mother who lived in the building and I said, yeah. 
all I care about. Please just get them tested. These babies had been in my life for four, five years at this point. Like, yeah, uh, all I cared about was making sure that they were okay. The mother said to me, oh yeah, they've been tested. Their levels are zero. They're not zero. I can guarantee they're not zero. Yeah. Cause I can guarantee they're not zero. Nobody's Nobody, no, no human being's level is zero. No, exactly. And they still live in this building. Those kids still live there seven years later. Yeah. Well, money speaks. I think we need to address capitalizing this, make it part of insurance. You got the landscaping company that's able to make a new job and make money off of that. And um, the agenda is to come up with uh, high end elite level obsidian crystallized lead testing equipment that is sold by Gwyneth Paltrow and make it super cool. Pepper, she's in she's on trial right now for some some fucked up okay, shit. Yeah, so that's that's right. Okay, Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow. Not, yeah, not Gwyneth. Really Gwyneth. Just, <laughs> all right, Gwyneth, Gwyneth is out. Okay. She is uh, out. Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Everybody loves Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Okay, yeah. She's pushing Great. like collagen stuff so we can get her on board with this. But you know what I'm saying? It's like make <laughs> it like classy to like yeah. get your kids tested. Love that. Well, Paul, I mean, we were talking about we get tested for stuff all the time. I, me being a vegetarian, they forced me to take a blood test to make sure that I had certain stuff. But I asked for a lead test and they're like, yeah, no. When I find out how inexpensive it is, it's even worse. You're checking my blood pressure. I have high blood pressure. Without hesitation, you should be testing my lead. Yeah. Because it's part of, you have heart disease. You have, you know, an elevator risk or this or that. Without even hesitation, it should just be okay. Go get that done. I don't understand why it's so hidden. Why it's so, shh, shh. We don't talk about it. It's not Bruno, it's lead. Come on. (laughs) That's literally the reason when Andrea asked me to join, like that was the reason I'm like, I don't understand why we can't kick this addiction. Like why we can't just live in the reality of like, maybe there's a better thing to put into this toothpaste. Yes. Are they trying to dumb us down? Okay. If we want to talk about a conspiracy, I'm like, yeah. If I had had a magic wand, one of like maybe the 10th or 12th thing I'd I'd wish for is to get rid of the term conspiracy theory. Cause like, there are yeah. real conspiracies and you have to theorize about them. Theorize, yeah. So like anytime you say, is this a conspiracy theory? It, yes. If, instead of it being like, oh, I stumbled upon something kind of interesting and I'd like to discuss this with like-minded people. It's I'm a whack job and I've got this yeah. crazy nutty idea. And uh, no, it's that rich people get together in rich people places and they talk about rich people things, which is like, how do we make money off the pores? Yeah, keep yeah. our rich riches riches. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I maybe that's it's why just a conspiracy keeping... theory. What's that? Yeah, maybe that's why they keep the lead in the prisons. You know, <laughs> just saying. I'm just yeah, saying. when I saw the I'm revolving door thing, it's like, gee, and it seems to be hyper centralized in inner cities. And it seems to be affecting these specific groups of people more than other people. They rationalize that there's no possible way, if it's that bad, there's no possible way that we could have it in a society like this. That's the rationality that I think a lot of people have. And then you look at the issue we're having with guns right now. And it's like, well, that's in your face insanity. And somehow people are still rationalizing that. So that's a really great analogy. Which also there's a, so much energy being put into into let we cannot have a discussion about this. 
we cannot discuss this. Which is why we're discussing it. And I thank you so much for your time. And I thank you also for doing what you do. It's not easy to allow yourself to continue to have this on your mind. You know, I mean, a lot of people, I think another issue is that people want to forget it. They want to just move on, if you will, when something hard happens. And it takes a lot of courage and love for you to do what you're doing. We really appreciate that you are doing that. There has to be a silver lining. This all can't be for nothing. That's Mm -hmm. what I keep telling myself. Like, can't be for nothing. It just can't. Well, thank you. If you have any final words, I mean, as far as somebody listening to this who has a young child who possibly is hearing this and seeing parallels in something they might be going through. I mean, my number one thing is just get those little ones tested. There's no... I mean, I don't want to say there's no harm. Your baby probably isn't going to be very happy, but in the long run, it is for the best. Uh, It's a finger prick as opposed to something way worse. When in doubt, please just get that blood test and call your county health department. You know, they came out to our home and did a full inspection. And while it didn't do anything the first year, eventually it works out. Once again, our sincerest thanks to Caitlin Sontag for taking time out of her schedule to talk with us about her experience being a mother of two children who were poisoned by lead and for really inspiring us with Marshall's advocacy and her advocacy to spread awareness of lead exposure. This is our last episode for the season. We will be back in the fall with more episodes of United States of Lead, including interviews. If you want your story shared, please email us at unitedstatesoflead at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you all in the fall. Have a great summer. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning, We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.